This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and on this episode, we're recapping another outstanding week for the Bates women's basketball team. The Bobcats went 3-0 and beat a top-five nationally ranked team for the second time this year. Plus, hear about the longest women's Nordic race in Bates history, a Bobcat hurdler's work with the Women's Sports Foundation, and swimming and diving sweeping aside their rivals from Colby. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's basketball team is 11-3 on the year, 3-0 in NESCAC play, and receiving votes in the D3Hoops.com and the WBCA Top 25 polls after defeating St. Joseph's, Amherst, and Hamilton last week. The Amherst victory was particularly impressive as the Mammoths entered the contest undefeated on the year and ranked third in the country. But the Bobcats emerged with a 52-49 win. The honors rolled in for Bates after Saturday's 71-59 win over Hamilton. Senior Mia Roy scored a game-high 25 points against the Continentals and averaged 17.3 points per game over the last three contests, earning her main Tri-Player of the Week and Female Bobcat of the Week honors. Head coach Allison Montgomery was named the D3 National Coach of the Week by WHoopDirt.com and both joined the Bobcast to discuss the team's terrific start to the season. Allison, I want to talk about the Amherst game first. Came on a Friday night there against the Mammoths. You played them before. What did you learn from the first time you played them? Yeah, I think it was great that we had an opportunity to play them once before. I think both for just um, strategy purposes in terms of being able to focus on what we Um, could grow from in that game just um, you know what we learned on the court both defensively and offensively I think and also just um, gave our squad I think some confidence right I think going into that game and going into every game we feel like we can we're definitely going to compete in every game and can win in every game that we play but I think um, having that opportunity to play Amherst once before you know it gave us it gave us that confidence as well um, and we made a couple adjustments, I thought, that, that were really important on the court. And Mia, you were in charge, it looked like, most of the game of guarding uh, their first-year point guard, Anling Vera. And she had triple-double the first time Bobcats played the Mammoths. This time she was more quiet. What was your approach defensively? It was really nice that we got to watch film yeah. of me guarding her and uh, the rest of our team guarding her. So um, she kind of just has this hesitation move that I worked on just staying low for and not standing up so that... She couldn't just blow by me, and I feel like it was pretty successful. What strategy, from your perspective, did it take to kind of contain her and the rest of the team? Yeah, I think just generally, statistically, um, they're much more effective when they can get in the paint and create a help rotation and get easy buckets that way. So we really wanted to force them to take shots outside the paint. Um, So, you know, we really wanted to give that kid especially, but all their guards really, a cushion um, and to – to force them to pull up, um, preferably from the three-point line. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if they got in the paint, we'd prefer a, a pull-up as opposed to if you really try to go out and pressure or reach or lunge, um, they're going to blow by, create a help rotation, and get easy buckets around the basket. So we were just, you know, um, you know, based on what happened the first time we played them and obviously seeing them play other people as well as just statistically what they do well, we felt like that was the best strategy. Right, because they're not really a three-point shooting team. Right. And it was funny because up three with 11 seconds left, uh, my broadcast yeah. partner and I were talking about, will Bates foul and make them shoot free throws because yeah. you're up three? 
but you decide not to because they're not really a three-point shooting team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I mean, of course, we talked about that strategy as a coaching staff. I've never been a coach who leans towards that. I think it's like, a, you know, I do think it, it can be really smart in moments. I... Uh, I, I worry a little bit in terms of trying to control too much there. You're leaving some things up to the official too in terms of like timing of the foul and what, you know, so I think, and we, we haven't really practiced that as a team or talked about as a strategy. It just, it hasn't been a strategy that I have sort of leaned towards. Um, so again, I think it can be a really smart one, but we sort of, we went with, you know, the pressures on them to make a play and trusting ourselves defensively. Um, and, you know, we also felt like, if they threw up a Hail Mary and uh, and they got a look at it, you know, because we, we just really felt like, you know, we got to run them off the line and definitely don't, you know, foul them near the basket to give an opportunity for a three-point play. But, um, you know, the worst-case scenario there was um, it was going to be an overtime game. So I think, you know, we just kind of trusted our defense and, and I let it play out. Take us through that last play from your perspective. Honestly, it was kind of a blur. I feel like there was so much happening, a bunch of switches, but we played great team defense and uh, – the shot went up and then I saw her fall down after we were all like worried but then they called the game off so we were all excited yeah I was a little way like are they gonna blow a whistle because she kind yeah, of she tried fell. to see yeah. Maybe. Which is <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Amherst I mean that game again that's such a battle right because yeah. they're really good defensively Bates is really good defensively it yeah. seems like every bucket is so important yeah how's how do you approach those games versus maybe a more high scoring game like Wesley in the week before yeah um honestly we approach them Really similarly, I think um, a game like Amherst maybe for me as a coach is a little bit harder in terms of how I might coach our team um, because I might want to control possession a little bit more because that's how Amherst plays. Um, But we really lean towards just playing fast and pushing in transition. And, you know, even when we come up with empty possessions, we feel like that puts a ton of pressure on their defense and the pace of the game we feel like really favors us. And so – um, we've just really gone with that sort of style and that tempo. And, you know, like I said, I, I do have to admit that in a game like the Amherst game, I, I do feel a little bit more pressure about, um, you know, should we alter our strategy a little bit? But ultimately we, we, you know, continued with our strategy until the very end of the game where we, you know, managed possession a little bit more, like under three minutes. But in general, I feel like it's really important that our team is just who we are and we execute that with confidence and that we make we dictate and make other teams sort of respond to our pace. And from your perspective as a player, Mia, I mean, the Amherst blocks so many shots. I mean, it's tough to get shots off, really. How do you approach things offensively there? Um, I mean, you definitely we definitely just had to work for our shots so much, but I think we got a lot of good – I mean, we got a couple more good shots off, so – I don't know, it's just it's a lot more tiring of a game because we're working super hard on defense to try and not let them get shots, and then they're doing the same. But, um, yeah. yeah. You must have been pretty tired after that game. Uh, tired but happy. So how do you come back right away and play the next day? <laughs> <laughs> the, that mor- the next morning I was so tired. I was like, all right, prayed to my legs. <laughs> I was like, got to do another one. But worked out too, so. Well, obviously, yeah, your legs held up because 25 points there. Allison, what do you notice from Mia? I asked her at postgame what's been the key to her success uh, offensively over this past year. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, and Mia and I were just talking about that. There's actually, in my opinion, absolutely nothing different about mm-hmm. Mia's game. I think she's been really consistent in terms of the type of threat she is offensively. I just think some things have come together in terms of just her maturity and her confidence. And I think um, that has just been, you know, um, it hasn't wavered at all. And I think 
she's really found the place where she's stepped into her role and she's sort of actualizing her potential. I think everything I'm seeing from her is nothing that surprises me or, you know, I feel like she's been the same player her whole career. She's just kind of putting it together with that sort of mental and physical piece. And the other thing I think is like our team is just better. <laughs> our team is balanced. Um, our, I think they have a lot of confidence in each other. So I think there's sort of less pressure on any individual player to have to make, you know, every play. And I think when that pressure is a little alleviated and they share that role, I think that can help them just kind of be in the flow a little bit more and just play more freely and um, play with confidence and, and rely on each other that, you know, the whole weight of the world isn't on them on every possession to make a shot. So I think that's a dynamic, too, for our team as, as a whole and then each of our individuals who are who are really playing well. Yeah, I was going to ask Mia because, um, you know, you have played with, you know, Megan and Taylor and Ari and, and um, you know, all these women for so many years now. I mean, the chemistry, the communication must be fairly easy at this point, right? Yeah. It's honest, it's so fun to play offense all as a team because we just have such good um, communication and we play ke- good chemistry. So, I mean, it's nice. I feel like that game, like, I just it, – it didn't, it didn't even feel like I had to create shots. I just got set up with, like, a perfect three. I was like, okay, sweet, I can, I can make this. <laughs> Well, you do have that move where you try to hit the fadeaway bank shot, right? That, you've done that a few times, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Coach says, I don't know how you feel about the fadeaway. <laughs> but if it goes in, then she right. won't complain. If it goes in, it's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. but from a coaching perspective, you know, you have a huge win over Amherst. You've got to play the next day. Don't want to call it a possible letdown game because it's still right. an NESCAT game. But yeah. how do you come back and t- tell a team, hey, we got to you know, get the second one here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot as a team out, you know, Saturday was even more important than Friday. Um, well, first of all, because it was the game we had that day, and we've tried to be really in the president and take it, a, you know, a step at a time. But, you know, we're a team that is certainly um, trying to make our mark and prove something, I think. And, um, you know, we, we really want to make a statement that, you know, beating a good team is not a fluke. It's not like we had a great game and – they had a down game and you know it's like there's no factor other than like we just want to demonstrate that we're capable consistently and that we are playing at a level that's worthy of a championship so we talked a lot about how important it was to sort of make that statement on Saturday um, to demonstrate our consistency and our maturity and just our focus on our ultimate end goal Um, and a lot of that has to do with Um, taking it step by step and being present each time that we play so you know we talked about that a lot and I think actually Mia made that point in the locker room like today is like almost more important you know because like people want to see can we sustain this and um, we know we can but we have to demonstrate it so I think they were really motivated by that um, which is great to see because those day two of (laughs) no matter what kind of game you play on Friday night um, and that one was obviously a really emotional one and a hard-fought one a lot of people played a lot of minutes the turnaround to Saturday is a beast um so, and it was kind of the first time we had to do that this season um, in the conference, you know, with last week being the standalone game. So um, it was a good test for us and, um, you know, great to see our team rise to that occasion. Well, you have a standalone game this week as well yeah. at yeah. Tufts, Mia. I mean, you've played Tufts uh, each year. I mean, they're always a good team. What do you notice from them through the years? I think that they've just always been a super solid team. They do a couple things differently on defense that I think can throw some teams off, but we're all very experienced playing against them so I think that it'll be a good game and we have a week to prepare which will be nice for just Tufts so yeah how much is the Tufts Amherst film going to be relevant very relevant oh my gosh very relevant yeah I was just watching that as Mia came in and um 
yeah, really, really relevant and, and really helpful. And, and like Mia said, it's kind of a nice opportunity this week to just sort of um, regroup a little bit and prepare for one team. And um, yeah, we're really, we're really excited. Are they similar to Amherst, completely different? I don't really think anyone's similar to Amherst. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just a little, yeah, I think they're a little bit different. Um, you know, their pace is different and um, you know, they're a little, they're a little deeper. Amherst is always sort of, um, yeah. And they just like control possession a little bit more, but, um, yeah, they, they're different. Um, and I wouldn't say one is, you know, better than the other, really. They present different challenges and that's kind of been the dynamic with those two teams, um, you know, since we've prepared against them since I've been here. So yeah, they definitely, you know, that's another thing we talked about as a team going into the Hamilton game is like, in our conference, I mean, sure, there's there's been some powerhouses that, you know, have demonstrated a really long tradition of success. But every single game in this conference, like, each team presents a different challenge. And, and Hamilton presented its own unique challenge um, that was so different than Amherst. And we knew that was going to challenge us in certain ways. And so you have to be ready to um, confront each of those challenges, I think, every NESCAT game. And so... Um, yeah, tough. Tufts will definitely um, will definitely challenge us with with their style and their brand. One thing that struck me about bases here, Mia, is the second chance opportunities everyone's mm-hmm. getting because of Bree Galetta, because of Taylor McVay, because of Ariana Dallas rebounding as a guard. How cool is that to know that they're there if you, in case you do miss, right? Yeah, no, it's it's so nice and it's so defeating for the other team too. So, uh, I think we've gotten a lot of buckets off of second chance opportunities. So. It's really nice to get get those. And Allison, how do you process strategically? Because I mean, yeah. they are Bree's a great leaper. Taylor boxes people out. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good. We <laughs> emphasize it a lot. Like yeah. I've always been, um, like offensive rebounding for me has always been a huge part of I think being successful. And we um, over the last few games, we've watched a lot of film clips. Like so, rather than just watching a film clip and say like, here's successful execution of an offense, or like here's Mia making a really tough shot. It's more like, no, watch that little bit of extra effort that Bree was able to make there or Taylor was able to make there or Ari was able to make there to get that tip or to just push that kid underneath. Like it's, you know, it's a game of inches sometimes where you just make that little bit of extra effort and what results is another opportunity for your team. And so we watched a ton of film clips where, you know, the people who are putting the ball in the bucket, um, you know, it's it's oftentimes because of just that little bit of extra effort, focus, grit, toughness, elbow grease, whatever you want to call it. And those things are really important in our program. And we really try to celebrate and value those as much as like, you know, Mia's Mia's um, three point shot going through the bucket. You know, it's it's just as important. So I think really showing that to them and finding ways to value it in practice. And we have women on our team who value that. Right. Because it can be something to manage on a team in terms of roles and you know everybody wants to be the everyone wants to be the guy but like it's it's just so important to demonstrate to them how important every role is and and um you know every possession is and there's so many things that happen on a basketball court besides the ball going through the net so Excellent. And Mia, what's your dynamic like working, I guess, with Megan Graff specifically? Because you're both guards. She's more of a the point guard, but you're more off ball. How does that relationship work? I think it's really nice having someone that's just such a solid player. You know, she's such a good driver. So it's really nice when she drives and my my defender collapses and she can kick it out to me or um, she she can push in transition. I think we work well, really well together. We have different roles. So it's it's awesome. And then, Allison, do you have our thoughts on the season so far? Because it is a great start, yeah. but still the gauntlet remains, right? You still have Tufts. You still have a 
conference game oh. with Bowden. You've got Trinity on the schedule, right? Oh, gosh. Like I said, every game. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I felt this even kind of before our break, right? Like getting the feedback for, oh, like, you know, we got to win against a ranked team. And so we got a little nod at being ranked. And then, you know, um, off to a start. Like, you know, and that's great. And that's like great motivation for our team. I'm, I'm so happy that the women on our team are getting these tangible results of all the work that they put in that is really important but it is balancing that with you know like approaching our Hamilton game one of the things we did is just drew like a huge target with an arrow in the middle like it's really fun to be successful but what you have to understand is like a whole it creates a whole lot more responsibility in terms of people being um, ready to play their get best game against you and sort of what it could mean then if they beat you and, and it's it's a whole other dynamic and so while success is what everyone is is hunting for and everybody hopes for like I think you got to pay attention to the challenges that that brings so yeah like you said um it's a strong start and that's wonderful but it's nothing more than that like we have a vision and an end goal and I think um every day matters as we as we work towards that you know every day in practice and so it's maintaining I think um just our ability ability to keep getting better on the basketball court but also chemistry and camaraderie and the right kind of mindset and staying humble and all those things, um, which I do believe our team does a really good job of. But um, yeah, it's it's early and there's a lot of road ahead and there's a lot of factors and there's even additional factors this year that just kind of make mm-hmm. you sort of appreciate every single day and understand that things can change at any minute. So um, yeah, that's exactly been my response when we get sort of flooded with like, oh my God, like, so yeah, well, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And there's there's a lot that's ahead, so I think we definitely have that mentality for sure. And then Mia, any other thoughts you wanted to share about the season so far? We haven't got to talk about. Um, no, I think Coach summed, summed it up pretty well. Just trying to stay humble, chip away. Each win's big, so that's what we're looking for. There we go, Mia Roy, Austin Montgomery. Thanks so much. Appreciate you joining us on the Bobcast. Thank, Thank you. you. The swimming and diving teams are rolling as well. The Bates women and men swept Colby in a dual meet Saturday in Waterville. The women are ranked 13th in the country, and the men are receiving votes in the latest CSCAA Top 25 polls. And they host Bowdoin this Saturday at 1 p.m. at Tarbell Pool. For the women, first year Sophia Karai won the 100 and 200 yard backstrokes on Saturday, events she had not really trained for entering the meet. Well, Sophia, first of all, tell us about the backstroke against Colby. You hadn't really been training for it, but you, you swam it, and it worked out really well, right? What went through that process? Um, I just kind of approached the two back the way I approached my two free, which I had been training all season, and I just wanted to go out there and race and just beat the people next to me, and I ended up winning the heat, which was super cool, and it was really refreshing to swim something different than I had been swimming all season, and it was just really fun to swim, and I really enjoyed it. And the women are undefeated this year. What's the year been like so far from your perspective? Oh, it's been super cool coming in as a first year and having an undefeated season so far. It's just made me realize how much college sports are just so fun and like college swimming I really enjoy. And the team has just, it's been a blast. And um, being undefeated, it's just like such a super cool thing to experience as a first year because I've never really experienced been on a team that wins things. So it's just made me really excited for NESCACs coming up and how deep our team is. And you're from Oregon, so tell me how you, Bates got on your radar for college. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere good academically, but also really fast. And talking with PC, I just he really sold me on how close the team is and how good the environment is. And I, coming from a small team, I, re, I know how important it is to have fast girls and girls who can push each other to train better and be 
faster and he really just sold me on that team environment because I realized how important it is and I'm so happy I ended up coming here. So you, were you looking northeast or what were you? Um, I was kind of looking at smaller liberal arts schools on the east coast just kind of like kind of wanted to go somewhere new. Mm. I'd never really been on the east coast um, and I just my friend my mom's friend made me a list of colleges and she put Bates on the list and I just ended up randomly deciding to email him one day. It wasn't really on my radar, and then I just, I'm really happy I chose to come here. Terrific, and then um, what's been the highlight of the season so far maybe for you? Um, the highlight was definitely our, one of our first dual meets against Wesleyan and Wheaton. Um, our two free relay pulled off um, a win against Wheaton. We didn't think we were gonna win the relay, and we had to win it to win the meet. And that was just one of the most exciting experiences. Like, that's definitely the, that's like the biggest highlight of my career. I think it's gonna be for a while. Yeah, I feel like when it all comes down to the relay, that happens sometimes, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. Like I've never experienced something like that and everyone was cheering afterwards and my team was hugging and it was just one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. We mentioned, uh, well, we mentioned off air, you're good friends with Sophie Castley, who's also had a lot of success early on. What's, yes, what's that relationship yes. like? Um, we just really push each other in the pool every day. You know, we are in the same training group. Um, we don't swim very similar things, but we still find ways to like push each other in and out of the pool. She has really just been my partner through us all, like both coming in first years, having the same name. It's been <laughs> kind of funny, but no, um, I couldn't ask for a better training partner, definitely. Excellent. Then um, what are some goals you have in your mind for the rest of the season? I really want to final at NESCAX and see like go best times in all my events would be great. Um, it would be super cool to see if one of our relays could win NESCACs. Um, I just, our relays are super solid and strong and my connection with those girls is great. So it'd just be so cool to win those girls and win with some seniors that I wouldn't get a chance to win with next year. Um, so yeah. And when did you start swimming growing up competitively? I started swim team when I was in fifth grade and I got pretty serious right when I started. Um, I got really involved in getting time cuts and really wanting to go to big meets. So as soon as I started, really, I just really got into it. And so you knew you wanted to swim in college fairly soon, it seems like? Yeah, when I was around fifth grade, I remember seeing the older kids in my team practice and then they went off to college swimming. And a few times I was like hesitant growing up I was like do I really want to swim in college um, but in the end I was like you know I've trained my whole life for this I have to at least give myself a shot and I'm really glad I did because it's been amazing. On the men's side senior captain Peter Corey was named the NESCAC men's swimming and diving performer of the week after he won the 50 and 100 yard freestyle races against Colby. On top of that Corey helped Bates win the 400 free relay and the 200 medley relay. After chatting with Corey last week on the Bobcast, this week we're joined by his fellow senior captain, Jack Johnson. Johnson won the 100-yard breaststroke on Saturday and finished second in the 200-yard breaststroke and the 200-yard IM. According to head coach Peter Casares, Johnson is on fire this season for Bates. And Jack Johnson is our male Bobcat of the week. Male Bobcat of the week, Jack Johnson with us here on the Bobcast talking some men's swimming and diving. And Jack, first of all, let's talk about the Colby meet every year. It seems like it's always a great one for both the men and the women, a battle out there. What was it like this past Saturday? Uh, the Colby meet was so exciting. Um, and it always is. Uh, Colby being one of our biggest rivals, um, we love to race them and we love to, even, even more, we love to beat them. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, we were expecting a close uh, meet, 
Um, they were fast on main state. Mm -hmm. And so it was just super exciting to be able to race our rivals in a nice pool and then come out with a win. Yeah, I was going to say, main state, um, Colby was faster in that one, but it was a different scoring, I know. So what changed besides maybe the scoring system, perhaps? <laughs> um, yeah, the scoring system. And then I think we've just done a lot of really good quality training the past mm. month and a half. Um, and we've, like, gotten to know each other really well compared to like, the beginning of the season and, like, the team culture and camaraderie is all there. So as a senior captain, how do you work with Peter Corey, your fellow senior captain, to lead the Bobcats, if you will? Oh, yeah. Peter's one of my best friends, so we work together really nicely. Um, yeah, he does. he's a, more of a sprinter, and I'm more of an endurance um, swimmer. So we can tackle like different sides of the team, and then we also can come together really nicely um, when it's like a big whole team event. And it's usually on the breaststroke this weekend, right? Uh, what makes that stroke um, something you're good at? What, what, what do you like about it? Yeah, I mean, I've been a breaststroker for like my whole swim career. Um, and it is something that has come pretty naturally to me. So I've always enjoyed swimming the breaststroke. How did you first get started swimming competitively? Um, so my older sister, who graduated from Bates in 2020, um, Hannah Johnson. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, so she was always in the pool. Yeah. And then as just a young... Uh, child, I was always like watching her swim, and then I just it just happened that I started taking lessons and followed that similar path. Well, since you had a lot of success at Bates swimming wise, did yeah. you did you always think, oh, I'll be following her to Bates? Uh, I didn't always think that, but it just <laughs> it happened out happened that um, that like that's where I wanted to go after my recruit trip, mm -hmm. and I got when I was here, I got like the feeling that I wanted to spend the next four years swimming here. What about, what about Bates gave you that feeling? Um, I think for me is probably uh, like just when I first got here, spending time with the team, people wanted to get, like, get to know me and talk to me. Um, talking with Coach Casares and Vanessa, um, I just, I felt like that, the feeling of like, this is where I should be. <laughs> Great, and then you mentioned Peter being one of your best friends. He was NESCAC Performer of the Week this week for, for what he did. What's it like watching all his success as well? Yeah, super proud of Peter. Peter's um, a great swimmer, a great guy, and I love to see him do well in the pool. And then, um, you know, relays, he was on a couple of relays. I know, do you, do you get involved with relays as well? Um, I swim a few relays, yeah. but my events tend to be uh, like the longer events, mm. um, so like the 400 IM and then 200s and there's not many relays for longer distance events. So some shorter races for you kind of this past weekend then, 100? Yeah, days? sometimes yeah. I dabble in the 100 yeah. breasts, but <laughs> so yeah, 100 breasts was a shorter event for me. Yeah, and then I know you got runner up to one of your teammates in a couple of the events, that must have been uh, interesting in the first year, right? Yeah, Jay Wu. Mm. Um, Jay Wu and I are great training partners, mm. so I really enjoyed training with him. Um, this past season. He's a hard worker and it's really fun to swim with him. Well, yeah, as a senior captain, it's gotta be encouraging to see a first year come in and be so successful right away. Right? Yeah, I love that. Passing on like the breaststroke I am <laughs> to him, it's great. Exactly, and so now Bowdoin this weekend, right, at Tarbell, um, it, it's gonna be your lone home meet of the year. I know we're gonna have a capacity limit and stuff, but I mean, what, what are you most looking forward to about this weekend? Um, yeah, so our last home meet, um, just taking it all in. Um, I love Tarbell, spent a lot of time here. Um, and with like my senior teammates. So yeah, just uh, like appreciating every last moment. <laughs> and of course, swimming Bowdoin will be fun. Yeah. Um, they're a fast team. So it's a, gonna be exciting to race them too. Well, every time I talk to Peter, he's also talking about the CBB and mm -hmm. how important it is. How, how do you see it from your perspective? Yeah, CBB is um, 
a fun thing. And we are always, it's always one of our goals from the beginning of the season to uh, win CVB. And it's typically like pretty close um, between like Bode and Colby. It's always like a toss up. Um, so it would be really great to come away um, with the CVB title. Yeah. To finish it all off. <laughs> yeah, the last time, obviously, uh, the Bobcats competed uh, and won the CBB was a couple years ago there, that dramatic meet against Colby at Tarbell. What do you remember about that one? Oh, yeah, that was, like, one of the most exciting moments, <laughs> like, ever in my life. <laughs> uh, I was, I remember um, just, like, that last relay being on the side of the pool and, like, just, like, my body, like, jumping out of control. I was so excited. Great. Well, what are your thoughts on the season so far and what you're most looking forward to going forward? Yeah, thoughts of the season. Um, it's been really good. Uh, we've gotten a lot of like good quality training in. The team um, works together really nicely, so that's um, always exciting to see. And uh, we've gotten a lot of like fast races and swimming. Um, and I think there's a lot more of that to come. So it's exciting. Uh, like our training, we're training hard, um, and we're ready to go fast, and we'll be even more ready to go fast in Nescax. Sounds good. Jack yeah. Johnson, Mill Bob Cat of the Week, Senior Captain, Bates Men's Swimming and Diving. Thanks so much. Thank you. The skiing teams competed in the Kobe Carnival over the weekend, the first carnival of the 2022 season. The Nordic teams only got to compete in one event as the classic races were postponed to a later date due to weather. But Friday's 20K freestyle made a little history. It was the first women's 20K skate ever at a collegiate race. Senior Captain Olivia Skillings led the way for the Bates women with a 21st place finish. I had toured a lot of schools, um, a lot of similar schools, a lot of NESCACs, um, but I was looking for a place to ski and the coaches expressed interest and I, I came and I kind of just fell in love with the people here and everyone I talked to and obviously the coaches are amazing and I think that, that was kind of the final hurrah for me was just yeah the pull of the team and the people that I spoke to here. I was gonna say Becky Woods has been a coach here since 1994 she was a skier her, here herself class of 1989 what about her makes the program so special? Oh she's great she has she's just so experienced and she's very um, very energetic and very positive and she can really get us all excited about skiing I think which is really contagious and I think that's where a lot of our success comes from is having someone like her to push us and inspire us every day and just like her wealth of knowledge about skiing and about racing is just so powerful. Well, she told me she puts a lot on the captain. So what are some of your responsibilities this year? <laughs> oh, well, um, I, I guess it totally depends. Now that we're in season, it's just a lot of, I think, what I think about is like team dynamics and making sure everyone feels comfortable and listened to and respected and uplifted by each other so that our team is working together and not we don't have any clicks or weird dynamics inside of it so that's something that I am really concerned about but then they're also like logistics like driving the van and figuring out who needs what food at races and what time we're supposed to be at races and leading warm-ups and just but like I guess like what I think of as my duties are just making sure that everyone feels respected and comfortable and supported to do the best that they can. I always ask people this, but like for you, Nordic skiing, why Nordic over Alpine, the other skiing we have here at Bates? Oh, <laughs> well, I guess when I was younger, I had the option to choose between right. Nordic or Alpine, and I I love going Alpine skiing and going fast down the hills, <laughs> but I just, I think I wanted something that like tested my fitness more, mm. um, I guess. I mean, obviously there's a, quite a bit of fitness <laughs> and athleticism in downhill skiing, but I think that's something that pushed myself in a more like aerobic way every day was something I was looking for in my younger self. And then I just kind of put in a lot of time and now here I am. When you first put on some skis, when you first got into the sport? Um, well, competitively, 
in sixth grade. Mm. Um, I just did middle school races, but I think seriously competitively halfway through high school, I started to be like, okay, I want to pursue this. But before it was just kind of like a fun, like, oh, go out and ski. Oh, I guess we'll do a race. Then we'll see what happens. And then halfway through high school, I was like, okay, I think that this is what I want to pursue. And have you seen yourself grow as a Nordic skier over your four, three plus years now at Bates? Oh, I've, I definitely have come so far. Um, I think that I've overcome a lot of mental struggles. I, it's really hard to do what we do every weekend. And I think that something that I've really worked to overcome is, is the pressure I put on myself um, racing. And I feel like now I have a much better outlook on it than I have ever. And I'm just trying to find, to make it fun and, you know, find the joy in it every day. And I think that that's something that has taken four years of practice. And I did not have as a freshman. I was like all over the place, very competitive and putting a lot of pressure on myself to do well. And so now I'm just trying to enjoy every moment of it. Great. Well, then in collegiate Nordic racing, there's two types. There's classical technique and there's freestyle. And there's different distances. This past weekend at Colby Carnival was, I guess, I saw on Instagram, I trust it, <laughs> the first ever 20K freestyle, they call it skate race, um, for the women in collegiate skiing history. What was that like for you to be involved with that? And you got, I think, what, 21st? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Well, I really advocated for equal distance in sports. Mm. Um, I really wanted the chance to, to go 20K because I watched the men do it, and I was like, I think I can do that. I want to try. Um, so I was a big advocate for that, I think, and having it happen was amazing. Um, it definitely felt historical because people were definitely noticing this is the first time men and women are going the same distances. Um, and the race itself was like the hardest thing I've ever done. It hurt so badly, but overall it was just like an awesome experience to go that far and to know that I can go that far. So a mass start for the women, but 20K, um, normally it's like what, 15K? Yeah, 15 so, so the extra 5K, how'd you prepare for that? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I knew I had the fitness to do it. Um, and we've been working really hard all summer and fall. So I knew that I was ready for the extra 5K, but when, after we like gone around and we reached 15k I like was like oh I get why they stop us now like my legs hurt so badly and everything like I want to give up so much but I didn't <laughs> but the extra 5k was definitely the hardest part and something I didn't realize was going to hurt as much as it did so freestyle versus classic which do you kind of prefer um probably classic mm, okay um but I also this year I I've been doing a lot more freestyle so I'm definitely stronger in it at this moment but I love classic skiing <laughs> what, what's what about classic do you like so much um, I think it's it's harder, mm. and so I like the little technique things that make it fun, and it's also fu it's <laughs> this is a silly reason, but it's it's easy to socialize with people when you're classic skiing because you take up less room, and so it's fun to do as a team because we can all like, kind of chat and go next to each other. <laughs> oh, interesting! Yeah, because freestyle is more like you're yeah. spread out, kind of yeah. Like, yeah, that way you're skiing. Interesting. So. Yeah. You can actually talk during the race or just during... Uh, small communications. Yeah. <laughs> not really. I can't usually talk. <laughs> no, not during the race, no. <laughs> and obviously, unfortunately, you only had the freestyle this weekend because the other yeah. one was postponed. But, I mean, how's the team coming together? What does the team kind of look like overall, oh. from your opinion? Oh, uh, I think, I mean, this team is everything to me. And it's definitely the best team I've ever been on. Um, and I think the talent is all really young, but I think that's what makes it so special. We have 10 first years, and they're all so energetic, and they're all so excited about skiing. And it's definitely like uplifting to me and it makes me want to be there every day and it makes me excited to train. And I think I personally think that after like all fall, like learning how we work together, because we didn't really have a season last year. So everything is is all new. Um, but learning how we work together as a group has made us a lot stronger. And I think that results are going to come from this like team that we formed socially, I guess, if that makes sense. So we've put in a lot of time in social dynamics and, and how we work together. And I think that the results will follow. Um, and we also, 
I think we did well. I mean, everyone finished the race, and to me, like, 20K right. for a bunch of 18-year-olds because we have – it's majority freshmen. Like, that is a huge accomplishment, and I'm just so proud of all of them for pushing through because it's mentally really challenging as well as physically. So I think that we're just going to get faster and better. And one of the younger skiers on the team is your younger sister, right? <laughs> What's that like having your sister on the team now? Oh, it's great. I think she definitely, like, holds me accountable <laughs> to, to be my best self all the time because she can tell when I'm starting to slip or starting to lose it a little bit, and she can – I see her there, and I think, okay – pull it together she's watching she knows <laughs> um but she's great she's also like so talented and so it's fun to train with her and to work with her and to watch her you know go through it all um and when I see her in races I like makes me like I'm like oh, I have to go like Eliza's watching like believe it's something bigger than just like she's like more than a teammate I guess if that makes sense certainly and then you, you touched on the year without competition how did you kind of handle that well, I was bummed for sure, but I also took the chance to train a lot more. And I went and lived up north in my cabin with a bunch of friends, and we just skied every day. Okay. And I think that putting in that extra time um, and also just, like, reigniting my love for skiing made it a lot easier to come back this year with the kind of fire that we need. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, tell us about more about that experience. I mean, that sounds like something, that, you know, movie, right? You're uh... <laughs> There's training the cabin with a bunch of yeah. friends, right, from high school or from Bates? <laughs> from Bates. From, from Bates. Bates, okay. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, we did, It was, like, not very well heated, so it was always cold, <laughs> and we had to, you know, start fires, and water was kind of an issue sometimes. You didn't have running water, so it was kind of an adventure. But... How far north were you? <laughs> <laughs> we were just at Sugarloaf. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, like, not in a condo on the mountain. We were, like, 20 minutes south from it I think gotcha. on a lake um so that was a great time and it was just it was so cold too like being outside all the time <laughs> what are some of your goals for the team and for yourself for the remainder of the season well half carnival down right <laughs> More yeah down. exactly um I think for the team it's just to keep improving and to keep pushing ourselves and to to come to practice and races and be our most supportive and and encouraging but also our fastest selves and I think that we're going to only get faster and so I just am excited to see how that goes um, and for the team, I, I definitely, like, we have some um, goals, like, to win the Chummy Cup and random, you know, result goals like that. But I think overall, like, something that I'm focused on is just making sure everyone is reaching their fullest potential every day. And, and yeah, just, you know, see where that takes us. And I guess also another one is just staying healthy as a team yeah. because of COVID and the flu and all that stuff. Um, and then individually, I mean, I would love to continue to perform how I did this weekend um and I guess like see where that takes me but also just like keep improving every weekend and keep a really good mental mindset um and obviously the goal is always NCAAs but I have no idea <laughs> well I was gonna say um 20k skate are we gonna see more of that mm -hmm. okay oh. is that now the standard yeah we have another one at the end of the season and then we have two 15ks gotcha okay so we'll see more of that later on okay yeah. great thank you so much for joining the Bobcast yeah, really appreciate you. it thank you the Alpine skiing teams performed well in both the giant slalom and the slalom over the weekend. Senior captain Ari Van Vuren led the way in the GS with a ninth-place finish on Friday, matching the best carnival performance of his career. Then the Bates women and men combined to place five Bobcats in the top 30 of the slalom races on Sunday. Sophomore Bo Underhill impressed in his carnival debut competing with the Bobcats, placing 20th in the GS and leading Bates with an 18th place showing in the slalom. Well, Bo, finally, you got your first carnival, right? <laughs> You're a sophomore, but didn't have a season last year. What was the experience like out there? 
Oh, uh, the experience was amazing to finally get to ski for baits and get out there. Where last year we did a few carnivals, but it was all independent. Mm. So it was just great to finally get out there and uh, ski for the college. Also interesting. So individually, you did get a few one ins. Yeah, we had a few, but since um, we could only do them in early February, I think, before school started, because then we couldn't leave the state. So gotcha. Yeah. So it was just uh, kind of fitting in races. What was the team like out there? I mean, obviously the, the men really good job in the slalom there on Sunday, right? The team, awesome. So much support for everyone, no matter what. I've, it's when it's cold out, like, and even when it's not, we're getting each other's jackets and stuff, lapping around, cheering everyone on, and it was just, I don't know, the slalom was just a good atmosphere. It's one of my favorite events, and just was able to finally put down a good run, first run, get up, move about, move up about forty spots, and. Then put down another faster one for second run. So yeah, for those who don't know, obviously for it's two runs and <laughs> you have a good time in the first run. Do you feel some pressure on the second run at that point? Uh, a little <laughs> bit. I mean, first runs is especially where I was starting, starting like in the 60s. So you got to put it up in the top 30 to um, get a good starting position for second run. And luckily I was able to do that. But second run, I mean, there's pressure. But all you want, all you're trying to do at this point is just ski fast. And I was able to do that. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, because when you start around the 60th spot it's the course has been <laughs> yeah it's, it would have already had about 60 racers on it before me so the snow it was pretty it was, it was really good snow but it does deteriorate a little bit so luckily not enough where i couldn't uh, still ski fast so and then i mean coming in what were your expectations maybe and did you feel like you fulfilled them um i would say i did yeah, yeah. i was uh my expectations for both events so on friday and then uh, rescheduled on sunday were two get in the flip, and then have a solid second run and score points. for. Um, once we get going in the season, after the first two weeks, it'll be based on points on in your top 30. So I was hoping to punch in there, get up there, and then get a starting position for the third week. It was cool to see the, te- the team get, f- well, four on the men's side and one on the women's yeah. top threes in that slalom. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we have some f- pretty fast freshmen that are just also, I mean, same boat as me, first carnival. So right. really fun to see everyone skiing fast. And I want to give a shout-out to senior captain Ari Van Vuren because mm-hmm. he had quite the giant slalom on the Friday there, ninth. Um, you know, the GS, first of all, tell me about what makes Ari so good at the GS and then what makes the GS maybe similar or different from the slalom in your opinion. So uh, GS, if, for people that don't know, is slightly more spaced out. So it's about yeah. 23 to probably 28-meter turns. So it's pretty – it's a lot faster and – Ari, I'd say that's probably his better event when he does well with it. And uh, he's been pushing us all fall just to be, get stronger, work out in the gym and stuff. And since we started training, we've been dealing with a few injuries and stuff. But he has, he's been the head of our team for the last, I uh, say, like three years, one of the faster guys. So it's always good to have someone to follow and push to beat. Has he talked about his experience in NCAAs where he got to compete in one event and then the other one got canceled? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. He, uh, he wasn't too excited, obviously. No. Pretty much the same thing as with everyone else. Yeah. Like, we all had to go into quarantine, but he just had a great experience, I think, with going out there. And you get to see these ski racers that are almost pushing on to the World Cup. So mm-hmm. it's just – it's pretty amazing even just to make it to that level and get to ski with them. So Tell me a little bit about you growing up. When did you start skiing competitively? So I started – I grew up in uh, Mount Sunapee in uh, Newberry, New Hampshire. And my mom actually runs the Alpine program there. Okay. So I was skiing from when I was two and started racing all the way through. So it was really, uh, yeah, I grew up just racing a lot. I actually have an identical twin brother who um, races for Middlebury at this uh, moment in time. He's a freshman there. So I was uh, luckily enough to race against him all the way through and then even now still racing against him 
uh, at the carnivals. So yeah, um, there is a Middlebury carnival, right? Yep. There's so, are you carnival. looking forward to that? I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. How's he doing? Is he on the like carnival team? Yeah. So yeah. he was actually uh, second in the GS. And oh, <laughs> and, so pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> and then he was um, uh, ended up 16th in the G in the slalom, but I beat him second round, so I was pretty happy. You beat him the second round. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So um, identical twins. So he took a gap year then. Oh, uh, so I actually took two gap years before coming to school. Oh, okay. And okay. 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 He he made the USG team going into nice. his into his third gap year, and so he was on there for one year, and then um. Took a break and started decided to go to school. So you two pretty competitive then. I we're guess. pretty competitive yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're pretty equal, I'd say, with everything. I mean, he's he's slowly, he starts ahead of me with the point stuff, but I I'm always chasing him, trying to catch him. So. Yeah, if you can get better positioning for like the third carnival, yeah, right? You'll exactly. be right there with him. Yeah, better positioning and it's just uh, use that positioning to your advantage and uh, attack as much as possible. Nice. And then you also do a little golfing. Uh, tell us about that. I do. So um, my our family, we actually own a driving range in New Hampshire. Mm. So I, I grew up golfing. Uh, I work at a golf course, spend a lot of time with it. And um, coming to school um, last year, I decided to send our the coach or the previous coach, Henry, an email yeah. and ask if I could join the team. He said yes. So I was able to spend uh, last year on the team and then compete in NESCAX for Bates. Mm. And uh, hopefully I can get back on. I was on it this year, but it's hard to – deal with two sports at once. Right. So in the spring, I should be able to get enough practice in and hoping to play some more. What's a more frustrating sport, golf or scheme? <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're both I, pretty frustrating. I would say golf. Okay. Golf's a lot more mental <laughs> yeah. than skiing. Where skiing, it's like you, as long as you put in the work in the off season, you're, you're prepared. Where golf, you could put in the work every single day and you still go out and you have a horrible day no matter what. <laughs> but both sports right. are, bring their own challenges and – you gotta always get better. I'm looking every day to get better. So great. What goals do you have for yourself and for the team? Maybe. Um, I would for myself. Um, I want to first push into that top fifteen mm-hmm. start uh, positions for skiing, and I mean my end goal is to make the NCAA's. And at the moment, I put myself in a good position to keep continuing to get better. So I'm happy about that. But for the team, uh, I want to be able to push each other. So we uh, we a junior on our team, Crawford Jones. Yep. I went to high school with him, okay. and he's been skiing extremely fast. So I'm hoping that he DNF'd on a Friday, mm. but in future he should be able to punch in there as well. So I want to get three or four skiers that are conti- consistently in the top 30 and fighting to move up every time. How do you balance – you mentioned like skiing fast, but how do you balance like skiing fast but also staying in control? I feel like that would be so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just a lot of training. Yeah. I mean, we've had – thousands of hours on skis all the way through high school done i don't know countless trips to europe to take trips in the summer and up on the glaciers so get a lot of practice with it and it's just about learning to balance that speed and control and then put it to uh, get the best time yeah it's funny because like we look at the schedule it's it, we, we cover the carnivals for gobasepopcats.com but you you're doing all sorts of different events right <laughs> i mean there's all you travel yeah. all over the place yeah we've uh, i think we already have about 10 to 12 races yeah. this year so far and we've traveled to new hampshire to uh over sugarloaf and then it's on river mostly mm-hmm. to do a lot of races but that's the whole thing about skiing is it's not just about carnivals yeah we still uh still go to the races still compete and it just it's a long season from early december to potentially uh, early April. So You touched on this earlier, I think, but what made Bates the place for you uh, coming out of high school? You said two gap years. Yep, two but gap then years. what made eventually Bates where you wanted to go? So I toured my senior year of high school, and I kind of just 
I just felt like this is the school I wanted to go to. Yeah. It's just people, the atmosphere, and everything. So I applied my first year. Didn't unfortunately didn't get in. Oh, okay. But then I uh, talked to the coach, concentrated, applied ED, was able to get in, mm. and uh, I just. I just kind of knew that this base was the school I wanted to be at. So, and so far, it's uh, lived up to exactly what I wanted. So, very excited. Excellent. What are your thoughts you want to share about this past weekend? We haven't got to talk about. Ah, uh, no. I'd say just overall, good team. Uh, good team win. I'd say. I mean, it's first carnival. It's definitely tough, but overall, we have places where we can get better, and we have places where we excelled. So, I'm really looking forward to continuing with our team all the way through. All right, St. Michael's Carnival this weekend. Yep, St. Mike's over at Smugs on the backside of Stowe. So I assume you've skied it before? I have. Yeah. I, skied it, I skied it once. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, pretty excited to get back on it. Excellent. Bo Underhill, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for having me, Aaron. The track and field teams traveled to Cambridge on Saturday to take on the host MIT Engineers and the University of Southern Maine. Both teams finished second to the hosts in the first indoor meet for the Bobcats in nearly two years. On the women's side, the Bobcats won five events, with senior captain Amanda Kaufman winning the 60-meter hurdles in her return to Bates after taking a leave of absence last year. She joins the Bobcats to talk about the meet and her work with the Women's Sports Foundation. Amanda, the first meet of the year, the first meet in quite some time in indoor track and field for uh, the Bates women this over the weekend. Tell us how it went. Overall, it was an incredible first meet. Um, I feel like everybody kind of had a really good rust buster. There was no kind of big mishaps or anything, and everyone just was kind of happy to get the first meet out of the way and get the ball rolling. So for you winning the 60-meter hurdles, what was it like to get back out there in a competition? Yeah, it was... Um, Honestly, uh, describing it's pretty hard just because I haven't competed in so long. Yeah. It was weird. Like, I felt nervous and excited, but a lot of it was just, like, remembering how to compete again. Um, but I did kind of come back like nothing, which was great. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was just, like, kind of a whirlwind of a lot of really great emotions. So, yeah, for you, it's been two full calendar years, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah. March of 2020, 2020. yeah. yeah. So basically two full years. <laughs> so how do you use the time to, you know, stay with your fitness, staying in shape, preparing to one day come back and compete? Yeah, it was um, tough as kind of for every athlete in COVID. Um, a lot of adapting and running outside. Um, for my 21st birthday, I asked for a weight set for our basement. So um, I was lucky enough to have kind of a nice little home gym set up. Um, but it was definitely very lonely doing that alone and hard to kind of stay motivated but luckily I was able to kind of be on team zooms and whatnot and kind of still feel connected to the team in some ways but um happy to be back finally yeah what is it like being back with all these women two years later it honestly is like I never left uh -huh. and for the uh, freshmen and sophomores who I'm just meeting now it really kind of feels like I've known them forever which is really weird but <laughs> really really great I definitely was a little nervous kind of coming back um being kind of a year behind now, um, not really knowing too many people, but um, it was, like I said, like I never left. So it's been really, really heartwarming. Terrific. And you're one of the captains, as we mentioned. So what's that like? What's that extra responsibility, I guess? Yeah. So I think also being always, kind of a super senior, um, <laughs> I feel a little bit more like the mother of the team, which is very weird because I remember being in the position where I looked up to the senior captains in that sort of same position. Um, but it's great. I really just like really love being here and being a leader for all these women and um, getting to know all of them. So now tell us about the internship you've been doing and are still doing, right? Yeah. So my year off, I got connected to the Women's Sports Foundation, which was founded by Billie Jean King. And they do a lot of really, really awesome work as far as advancing 
women's sports and advocating for women in sport. Um, so yeah, I got started with that in September of 2020, I think, or no, 2021 at that point. Mm. That would make sense. Um, so yeah, it went from kind of being an internship to um, a job through AmeriCorps Vista, and I'm still kind of working for them part-time um, and doing kind of a lot of uh, researchy things here and there, but it's been a great network um, that's definitely like piqued my interest and helped me a lot deciding like what I want to do after Bates and honestly just like made me even more excited to be involved in sports at Bates and um, be captain of a women's team at Bates. Have you got a chance to meet Billie Jean King at all? No, no, <laughs> not even on a Zoom with her. Aww. I know, I know. I think the closest, like the most exciting thing was I was on a Zoom that had a recording of Tom Brady, which I guess was okay. kind of cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I would love to at some point. Um, hopefully, I haven't even really met my boss in person at all. It's been all virtual. Right. Um, but it's really uh, crazy how small of an organization they are with the, the kind of national and even a little global reach that they mm. have. It's really cool. You mentioned research. What's one of the more interesting things you've kind of looked up, I guess, or discovered about it? Yeah, so kind of the two main projects that I was involved in, one was a sports-based youth development curriculum, which is a mouthful, uh, for girls. Um, and that was kind of something out of my comfort zone a little bit. I've never really done stuff targeted for like youth, but mm -hmm. it was really awesome. And it, like I said, it again, like fostered a lot of passion. And it was really cool to see how sports can be used to like be really powerful in the lives of youth and um, especially youth who are under-resourced and don't have access to a lot of things. Um, and then another big thing is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, um, which is coming up this February. And as an athlete, as a female athlete, um, you'd think that you would know a lot about Title IX, but you really, I have learned a bunch about what it does and um, kind of the rights that we all have under Title IX. Um, so that's been really eye-opening and also kind of teaching my teammates about that and spreading kind of awareness like, hey, did you know that this is what Title IX actually is? And um, kind of seeing that in action. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, because like, you look at the history of Bates sports, for instance, I mean, the history of women's sports at Bates is much shorter, unfortunately, than the men, right? I mean, but like to this point, such a great track and field team. I mean, what's it like to where we are at now, I guess? Yeah, it's really crazy because even Coach Jay kind of talks about her own experience competing in college and being at one of the first NCA meets for women, which is nuts to think that that was only, you know, a few years ago. Um, so really the timeline of Title IX and women's sports is so short. Um, so I think it really just like makes me feel extra grateful to have the opportunities that I have. But then again, we also still have a lot to go as far as equity and inclusion in sports for women and other people with other identities. So um, yeah, just been like, like I said, really great to kind of use what I've learned uh, off the track and see it in action and be able to bring some of that really important work to Bates um, because there's definitely passion with other students as well. I'm definitely not the only one. Right, so right. what any goals you have for yourself for the team this year? Um, I think I would love for the team to kind of continue with this really great energy that we've had. I feel like we've gotten super close and maybe that's because of COVID and all the uncertainty. Um, but I would love for just that really positive energy to continue. Um, and of course, as far as postseason, I always love to have, you know, a big group kind of compete in New England's, et cetera, and on. We had a really big group at Nationals when it unfortunately got canceled. Right, right. Um, so I would love that. Um, love to be back there and love to be back there with my teammates. So that's 
It's where we're headed, hopefully. <laughs> All right, Amanda Coffin, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Seniors John Mashansky and John Everett won the 3,000 meters and the weight throw, respectively, to pace the Bates men's track and field team on Saturday. But on this week's episode of the Bobcast, we'll chat with someone who didn't even compete for the Bobcats due to injury. First year, Matthew Hamilton is a student photographer for Bates and quite the self-taught videographer as well. He made a highlight reel of the meet that you can find on the Bates Cross Country and Track and Field Instagram. And today, Matthew Hamilton joins the Bobcast to talk about his passion for athletics and multimedia. Matthew, let's start with track and field. You grew up in Massachusetts. How did you first get into track and field, specifically into uh, jumping? So I started in my sophomore year of high school, uh, and I, was, I wasn't the fastest kid. I, I started sprinting because it was all I knew at the time. Uh, and I realized that sprinting maybe wasn't for me. So I decided to pick up high jump in my junior year. And my coach there was amazing. And that was actually the last time I high jumped in high school because COVID kind of wiped out everything from that point on. But luckily, uh, Coach Johnson found me and I'm here now. And it's, it's like one of the best experiences of my life. So, yeah, what's it been like so far getting used to college track and field? Oh, uh, the team atmosphere is awesome. Like all of my teammates are amazing. I couldn't ask for a better group of guys. Um, everybody's so supportive. Like when you're injured, you still go to practice. You still support everybody. It's like the, I don't know, the team atmosphere, even with the girls team as well is just amazing. Yeah. So it's been a blessing. Well, we'll lead into that because I think you have a minor injury right now. And so you were unable to compete this past weekend, the first meet of the year, but you did go down, support the team and also did a cool little reel we saw on Instagram, a little video piece. You're, you're a prolific videographer and photographer. How did you first get started with that? Thank you, first off. Uh, and uh, I think I picked up, it was like a, a Rebel XS. It was like one of the oldest cameras ever that my mom had in the basement. And I started taking photos of like birds in my backyard. Uh, this was right before I got into Bates. So I contacted the Bates Photo Cats Club. Uh, and they posted one of my photos and that basically got me into it, made me realize that I could maybe start doing this. So, yeah, and it's been uphill ever since working with you and Phyllis and everybody else. So I was going to say, you've been a student photographer here at Bates uh, already, uh, taking some shots of our sport teams. You got to shoot squash the other day for the first time. What was that experience like? Oh, they're so good. Oh, my God. It's like uh, I can't I can't even wrap my head around the sport. It's just so complex. Uh, they're all like really amazing at what they do. And it was crazy to watch them. And how'd that reel come together for the track and field meet? Oh, I had it planned out for a while. So I released one beforehand uh, of like a seven second edit of I think a Biggie song. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had this like hype video for our first meet planned out. Uh, and I didn't know how I'd do it because I thought I'd be competing. Right. Uh, and it just so happened, unfortunately, that I pulled my hamstring like three days before the meet. So I took it as an opportunity rather than a hindrance. So I brought my camera to the meet and I just took like hundreds of videos and I compiled a nice little video over a Meek Mill song and it turned out really well. So I'm glad that I did that. How long does that take you to complete like the editing process? It's a short video, but you, you mentioned you have so many clips. Yeah. So uh, the filming took obviously the whole meet, but then when I got back uh, Sunday morning, when I woke up, I got on my computer and I edited for around six hours because i also like to learn new things and adobe after effects has like a bunch of cool effects and i like sat there watching youtube videos and all that stuff and i i learned everything i could and then i went and did it and it yeah it was awesome are you are you mostly self-taught with this or did you take any classes in high school and stuff uh no i haven't i haven't taken any videography class this is all self-taught so what was it like to start from scratch like that i guess kind of 
it's really fun because I know I know in a few years when it's like secondhand nature to me, I'm going to look back on the learning process and really admire it. So I'm just soaking it in while I can. So from the track perspective, you were there obviously taking video, but what do you see from your teammates? What stood out to you at the meet? Oh, uh, I have a I have one friend. His name's Colby. He hasn't had a meet in a while, and he was he was talking to me about how he doesn't know how he'll do, and like how he thinks he's already like reached his peak, but he PR'd by uh, one tenth of a second, which placed him into New England uh, championship already in the first meet, and he he came in second in that meet, so he really surprised everybody and and himself too, which was awesome. So I love seeing that. Uh, Liam Evans, our captain, making progress as a decathlete, was great to watch his pole vault, his high jump, uh, all that stuff. Uh, on the women's side, Becca and uh, Amanda were awesome to watch in the hurdles, and also uh, the four by four running that uncontested was pretty funny with uh, Truman Toga, uh, Aiden, and Garrett. Oh yeah, yeah, the men's four by four was uncontested. How do you think they approach things? Did you talk about them like? afterwards like how how they approach it with no one to compete against <laughs> yeah so i didn't i didn't get video of that because i was actually taking splits for the the runners uh next to coach johnson and the whole time coach johnson was just like it's just like practice it's just like practice like just treat it like another run and i guess yeah they they pull out some really nice splits surprisingly which is great excellent and then um Bates invitational this weekend how excited are you to have a home meet here at merrill gym Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I have a bunch of friends from the teams that are coming, so I hope I can be healthy for that. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Patrick Fogarty might come out and take some videos for us for there. Uh, and just the environment is going to be great. Excellent. Yeah. It just seems like there's a lot of creativity on Instagram right now in the Bates community. I mean, what have you seen from that in terms of, you know, different teams and, and, and different stuff we've seen popping up here, right? Yeah, it's, I feel like the videos and, and the photos really have an impact on the team because it kind of like, I guess like brings them together. And, and when you can really see like what you're doing and how amazing it really is and in like high quality, it's like, it's really something else. So what other sports did you play in high school? What made you decide that you wanted to continue with track and field, I guess? I played lacrosse, basketball, football, and track. Uh, and track was, it, it was never at the forefront of my mind. Because my parents were always like, you have to play. We had like a rule in our house where you had to play one uh, sport each season of the year. So I, I was always in four sports all season round or all year round and uh, track and field. I had quit lacrosse sophomore year to focus on football. And my parents were like, you can't not play a sport in the spring. So I was like, fine, I'll do spring track. And it just like, it just consumed. I, I, uh, it was like the best decision my parents could have ever made. And I loved it. But I was so reluctant at first. And it's a big team, right, here at Bates. I mean, how do you get to know everyone, you know, kind of? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we all do the workouts together, like boys and girls. So we're warming up right next to each other. We talk, obviously. Doing a practice in silence is never fun. So we, we like to fill the dead space with uh, some banter, stuff like that. And then what are some goals you have in your mind, maybe both from a track perspective this year and also from a, a more photography and video, perhaps? Uh, I had a goal to make uh, New England's in high jump and triple jump, which uh, I'm excited to see how that goes. Uh, but videography mainly just like uh, just keep getting better. It, the numbers don't really matter as long as I can feel more confident in my skills and produce a quality of work that I'm happy with. That's that's all I really need for myself. We appreciate your photography, of course, for um, the communications office as well. Phyllis is a legend here. How how has uh, that relationship gone in terms of working with her? Oh my God, I feel like I'm uh, like Luke Skywalker with Yoda. She has like so much knowledge; it's insane. 
Like I, every time I talk to her, I learn something new and it inspires me to go shoot something else. It's crazy. Awesome. Matthew Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You can follow Matthew's work on Instagram at Matthew's Pictures. That's M-A-T-H-I-E-U-S Pictures. And of course, you can follow the track and field teams on Instagram at Bates XCTF. In other Bates athletics action, the men's basketball team fell at Amherst and Hamilton over the weekend, but Bates gets a chance to bounce back this weekend when the Bobcats host Tufts at 3 p.m., following Tuesday night's non-conference game with UMaine Farmington. The squash teams fell in a tight match to Amherst last Thursday, but both squads get a chance to get back on track this weekend. The men visit MIT Friday, and both the women and men play Wesleyan and Connecticut College Saturday at Tufts. Stick with GoBatesBobcats.com and the Bates Bobcats mobile app for the latest Bates Athletics news. And we'll recap all this week's action next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my